Welcome to the official podcast of the Hoffeld Group. Your host is the CEO and Chief Sales Trainer of the Hoffeld Group, David Hoffeld. Welcome to the Science of Selling podcast, the place where you get actionable sales insights that are backed by hard science. I am your host, David Huffeld, and today we are going to talk about how to apply a scientific principle that has been studied for over a hundred years, and it is a powerful way to take your ability to influence buyers to another level and help them be more curious and open to making a change. But before we dive into that principle and talk about how to apply it, I want to remind you that in a couple episodes, we're going to be having our Ask Me Anything episode where it'll be your opportunity to dictate what we talk about. And so if you have any questions that you would like us to answer, send those to us at info at huffeldgroup.com. That's info at huffeldgroup.com. But let's jump in to today's topic, which is leveraging a powerful scientific principle called social proof. Now, what is social proof? First of all, let me describe it this way, a phenomenon that all of us have been a part of, and it's kind of an odd phenomenon when you experience it, standing ovations. Each of us can remember a time when we were in a crowd watching a performance, and at the end, we are pleased and we clap. But something you weren't expecting begins to happen all around you. People begin rising to their feet and clapping, and you are quite comfortable with sitting in your chair. You have no desire to get up and clap. But as everyone around you is rising to their feet, clapping, you feel this powerful urge come over you to also stand up and clap. And if you're like the vast majority of people, you give in and you say, well, I guess we're doing this and up you go and you stand up and clap just like everyone else. What in the world is going on there? And why does it feel so odd to resist that urge? And if you try to do that, let's say next time you're in that situation, you go, hey, I remember David talking about this. I'm not going to stand up. You pay a social price. People will look at you. And as everyone else is standing up clapping and you remain seated, they'll go, jerk, right? What, what is going on there? Because all that can be best described by a powerful principle known as social proof. Social proof connects the persuasiveness of an idea or behavior with how other people are responding to it. And what makes social proof so impactful is that it's innate within us. No one ever taught you to respond to social proof. You just do. It's how our brains are wired. So what other people are doing around us heavily influences us. And this can be applied to a sales context in so many ways, and it can radically improve buying behaviors. In fact, Wharton Business School contends in some research they just recently published that the most important way businesses can establish trust is through social proof. So how can we use this in selling to become more effective? Let me give you a real life example of someone who did just that. A gentleman named Sylvian Goldman 
Sylvia Goldman owned a number of small grocery stores in the early part of the 20th century, and he noticed something. People would come into his grocery stores, they would pick up a hand basket, fill the basket with groceries, and then they would check out. And so he had an epiphany one day. He said, I know what's holding my sales back, the basket. People fill it, and it doesn't take very long until it's filled, and then they leave. So he thought, if I can make a bigger basket, well, I would sell more groceries. It would raise my average sale. And so he created what today we now know as the modern-day shopping cart, this basket on wheels. Now, at the time, no one had ever seen anything like this before. It was a new technology, and he put it into his stores, and he thought, this is going to make me rich. Well, people would come in. They would look at this basket on wheels, and they would say, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. And they would walk over, pick up their hand basket, fill it with groceries, and go as they normally had. So Goldman realized that to induce this change, he really had to convince the shoppers why it wasn't their best interest to use a shopping cart. And so he had signs made up that described, from the perspective of the shopper, the advantages to them of using a shopping cart. And people would walk into the store. He had the signs posted right in the entryway. They would look up. They would read the signs. They would look at the shopping cart, and they would say, not me. And they would walk over, pick up the hand basket, and do what they normally had done. So how did Goldman get acceptance to the modern-day shopping cart? He leveraged social proof. Here's what he did. He paid people to walk around his grocery stores all day long, pushing the shopping cart. And so now shoppers would come in and they would see, well, everyone using a shopping cart. And they would say, well, I I guess that's what we're doing. And they would grab one and do the same. Now, people often ask, did that raise his average sale? It did. But where he made his millions was licensing the idea of the shopping cart around the world. And the great news is that social proof isn't just relevant when trying to bring a new product or service to the market. We can use it every single time we are in a sales situation. How can we do that? A couple things you want to know about social proof. Number one, it's great to use when you're trying to introduce the idea of change. Why? When you can show how other people like the buyers you're talking to act in a certain situation. It creates that curiosity and it creates the openness for change and it de-risks people acting in a certain way, right? So it lowers that perception of risk when other people like me are doing something and you communicate that. And that brings up a really important principle about social proof. You can amplify the persuasive sway of social proof with similarity. In other words, People are more persuaded by others like them. So, for example, if you're selling to those in the C-suite, you know, executives, you want to talk about how other executives like them in similar size organizations are responding to your product or service. So customize the way you use social proof. So the way you can use social proof, there are many. You can use compelling statements that show what other people like them are doing. So what most CFOs, when they consider this option, they also, right, just little things like that. You can frame what you're sharing with social proof. And when you do that, people are more receptive. They're more curious. They're like, yeah, what are others like me doing in these kind of situations? I want to know. 
In addition, you can also share compelling stories that leverage the power of social proof, that bring some of your value propositions to life and show what others like the buyers you're talking to, what happens when they invest in your product or service? What kind of experience do they have? It kind of projects them also into the future and kind of allows them to, you know, awareness of what will life be like if I were to invest in your product and service. Also, you can use social proof before you ask for a big commitment. So for example, you can say things like, does it make sense why so many people are investing in our software because of A, B, and C, and D, some value propositions you already shared? So does it make sense why so many people, or does it make sense why organizations just like yours are investing in our solution because of it's an easy question for people to go, yeah, if you've done a good job presenting, this is a softball question. And they'll say, yeah, that makes sense. And now you can follow that up and go in for your commitment. Do you feel that our software system would benefit your organization? Or do you fear that our solution would help you solve these issues that we talked about? Now you can go from social proof right into a commitment. So it prepares them because they just affirmed before the commitment what other people or other organizations just like them are doing. And they said, it makes sense that people are doing this behavior. And then you can go right in for your commitment. So you're in behavioral science, we call this choice architecture. I'm not just asking for choices, I'm architecting them. And what comes directly before a commitment shapes the perception of it. So I wanna give a lot of thought to that and social proof is a powerful principle you can leverage right before you go in for the commitment to make it much more likely you'll get a positive response to it. So now it's your turn. I would like for you to take a moment and think about how can you leverage social proof? Just think of one way. Maybe when you share about your organization or a major value proposition or when you're originally contacting a potential client and trying to introduce the case for considering a change, how can you present what you're sharing with social? Because when you can start using social proof throughout the sales process, it'll make what you're sharing much more compelling, much more persuasive, and again, will help buyers see the value in what you're offering and make it more likely they'll be engaged throughout the entire process and set up those incremental commitments to the six whys that'll help you earn the sale. So social proof is a powerful scientific principle, but it's so easy to apply. And so think of one way you can do that today and then start acting on that. And once you feel comfortable with that, now think of another and another and another. And after you start thinking in light of social proof in that framework, It'll come very easy and you'll be able to use it on the fly. And when you do, you will be much more effective. So with that, there's only one last thing to say, and that is this, get out there and sell something. We'll see you next time.